What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Round Shipper here on 89.1 WXVU, Villanova Radio, and we are back after a little bit of a hiatus, because if you haven't heard, there's nothing going on in the sports world. Not great, right? Last Dance. Last Dance, that's true, which was fantastic, but I am joined by Conrad Bayer and Jack Sherwood. Guys, how are we doing? Oh. Hanging in there. Busy week, obviously, but Very. to get tomorrow. Tomorrow kind of feels like a mirage, like it's not going to happen. Tell that to Father Craig. See what happens. <laughs> As in, like, the draft. <laughs> like, I just, like, I feel like it's not, like, you know I mean? That's to finally have something like that sports that's not, you know, obviously, the last dance has been a lot of fun watching. All the reruns has been, you know, probably better than anticipated, I'd have to say. But to actually have something that's, like, exciting and have a very exciting draft I'm going to get into feels like that's not going to actually happen. Yeah, I think The Last Dance was an awesome distraction and fantastic, and I will be watching every episode of it when it goes yeah. live on these Sunday nights because it was. Yeah, we can actually do a wrap up that too. Yeah, we we definitely could. I know we've got a Chicago Bulls fan over in here that really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Honestly, that's more of the wrap than the draft. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so cool. Um, yeah. Let me pause it. All right, back after a quick uh, little technological difficulty right there, working on Conrad's audio. Um, hopefully, he's coming through a little clearer. I hope so. That was yeah. so much better. better. Yeah, you're going to hold that microphone right there. Yep, yeah, just tie it around. <laughs> so, I mean, what Everybody else? This is, this is great. I mean, what else did you expect in a pandemic at this point? Um, but, yeah, so the, the NFL draft is tomorrow night. Um, when you listen to this, it'll most likely be tonight. Um, it'll be the first live sporting event other than the WNBA draft since the St. John's Creighton game at, at Madison Square Garden that made it a half. Um, Didn't we get WWE talk, like, or something? You know, it's not fake. That's well, technically fake, but like... There was um, WrestleMania, you are correct, where Rob Gronkowski was named champion, and now Rob Gronkowski is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So things things change quickly here, apparently. Did you hear that he still, he still has to defend his title if anybody wants it? <laughs> Does he have to? That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Vince oh, McMahon God. That. <laughs> It'll be the halftime entertainment. It'll be like the Super Bowl entertainment. That's going to be yeah. great when Gronk has to miss a game for the Bucks because he's got to defend his, his title. That's, that's a good one. Jerry, the 24-7 champ, so they can come whenever. Does, yeah. So apparently he can come like in the middle of a game and be like, you have to defend your title. <laughs> just all of a sudden, it's just like a TV time on just the Undertaker music comes out. <laughs> He just walks out on like a Sunday night football game. The lights start to like blare. You, you hear Bruce Buffer, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there, could, could Gronk use his helmet? Oh. I would think so. Wow. And WWE, yeah. Sure I, I can't. I've never watched WWE. I don't know, I don't know if the props that you can use are pre-given or if you can walk in and just use his helmet. <laughs> or if they're actual weapons. <laughs> So as you can tell, there's a little bit of excitement between the three of us that there actually is something to watch tomorrow. So we are going to go through a little bit of an NFL preview. This will be more of a shortened episode where we kind of touch on um, some key teams and some key storylines. Uh, and then we'll go with a much longer episode once the draft actually happens and we can look back at it and review everything because it's a lot more important or a lot more fun talking about what happened than us trying to figure out what's going to happen. No, I don't. What's... What letter? W. W. N. N. A. A. C. C. Oh, Wackman. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yes. We are hoping yeah, to have Nolan Wacker on for our draft wrap-up. He doesn't know that yet, so hopefully he just listens to this and, uh, and hears that. But um, hopefully we have the whack man come on and help us wrap things up. But all right, we can get straight into it. The first pick in the NFL draft will be made by the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know Sherwood and I were talking about it a little bit in the pre-show. It feels like this thing is done and dusted. It's going to be Joe Burrow. But Sherwood, do you think that something a little different could happen? I don't know. I mean, I've heard you and I were talking that there's inklings that Miami might trade off. Obviously having those three first-round draft picks, three different trades that they've made. With, I believe, what, do they hold Houston and Pittsburgh first-round pick mm-hmm. because of the like, trades that they made there, but 
I mean, I, I told you before, personally, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I like him a lot. I would love for him not to stay, not to come in the division, not to come to the Dolphins, because then I will just plan on not like him, because he's on the enemy. But, I mean, I could see it. I think that what's interesting is usually I feel like by the time you get to this point, something starts to leak that this is the guy we're going with. If you remember with Baker, Baker wasn't really kind of supposed to be the number one pick until about that week, until maybe about Tuesday winds in the start. It was that game. morning with Mayfield yeah. where it started to come out. It was that late. Yeah, it was literally very late, and it was kind of like, I feel like usually, especially too with a sure number one guy, like obviously we'll get into it with Chase Young behind him, but I just, I feel like some people, I feel like Cincinnati should have been like, yeah, this is our guy. You know, so they, there should have been something between them and now. I, I, I agree with that, but I also think that this is the Bengals picking first. And I mean, it could mean that they're going with something else because, I mean, they're going to mess this up no matter what they do somehow. <laughs> Either by not, you know, telling people. They already were the first ones that couldn't get onto the yeah, big draft they tried. The mock so, draft, yeah. And they knew they were first. Like, so I would hope, I could, yeah, I could see something funny happening, but. I mean, if they're smart, they're going to take Joe Burrow. Yeah, I only see this end in one way, and it's with Joe Burrow as a Cincinnati Bengal. He's a he's an Ohio kid. He just had the greatest season in college football history from a quarterback. Now, I understand the entice of Miami possibly attempting to try trade up, especially with all those picks. I just don't see why Cincinnati would do it when you're being handed one of the like what seems seems like one of the most polished quarterback prospects really since like Andrew Luck coming in the draft. I think you make the pick and you just do it and you move on because you have the number one pick for a reason. You need a quarterback Dalton. Do you, then the question becomes, do you hold on to a really expensive backup? Do you find a trade partner? Is there even a trade partner out there? Because there's really two teams that would probably be looking for a quarterback right now and the chargers and the Patriots. So that's a story all in itself. But when it's all said and done, I think Joe Burrow ends up as a Cincinnati Bengal. Um, second, on the one pick, please. I think it should be put on the clock. That's my personal opinion. You've had since December to know that you have the number one pick. So I feel like ESPN, like I know it's part of like the hey, this is the draft and whatnot. Exactly. But just, like get, you know when Goodell gets up there and he's like, okay, welcome to the 2020 draft. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. It should just be since welcome to the draft. Cincinnati Bengals, we've got your pick. Or the, like you know, 30 seconds to run it. In. The only reason why Joe Burrow has basically not been announced as Cincinnati Bengal yet is because of that. Because they yeah. want to have the suspense of the TV event. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the same thing last year with Kyler. It was like, everyone knew Kyler was going, and they never really... There was big inklings, but they never came out. I think the last one where we knew for sure... I mean, we've obviously had, like you said, with Kyler Murray, but with yeah. the last one we knew for sure where they announced that they were making the pick, I feel like it was like Jake Long in 2007 with the Miami Dolphins. I think that was the last time that they signed a contract. Like, was there, or Mar- when was Mario Williams by Houston? Because Williams was, was before that. that. Okay, yeah. Because I a mean, couple I years Mario, before that. Yeah. That was, what, 2005, six. I think it was 2000, yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you, Con- Conrad, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, the whole you actually give them their entire time, like they've had, what, like, three months and a minute and 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's no need for that minute 30. Like no. they already, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, yes, they're doing a lot of stuff, but while watching the time between, even when you get later in it, it feels like they, they know who they're picking. They know the trades are happening like three, three people in advance according to all these insiders. So like, yeah. do we really need the whole, whole time even later in that first round? Cause like in the, later rounds it does the time does drop so why does mm-hmm. this first round where they've had even more time to kind of know what's going on why do they need the more time and then it's even in that and with the first pick it's even more overblown of like it's really not needed and they take the whole time every time yeah which I think is you just can't, not needed and, and I, I apologize for getting us on this tangent it's just something that's it's one of the biggest pet peeves in sports no it, it, it's true and honestly the same can be said about the second pick here in Washington where it feels yeah. like everything is going to go as normal Joe Burrow will go number one now there are some conspiracy theories around two here that Washington a could take a quarterback which I just don't see happening I understand that it's a new coach coming in in Rivera but I think they're going to go with Haskins um, or they could trade down 
I don't see the value in them trading down when Chase Young is sitting there for them. It just doesn't make sense to me. Chase Young is probably the best player in the draft out of all of them, and he's going to be there at number two because Cincinnati's going to go quarterback. You run to the podium at two, you take Young, and you move on, just like Cincinnati should with Burrow. Yeah, no, I feel exactly. Chase Young's one of the best prospects we've seen in a couple of years. I think that probably going back to at least the last two drafts, probably he's one of the best polished players we've seen in college, like in our four years in college. He's what you said, go in there, make the pick. If they get funky and trade, and they want to get a quarterback, trade down, trade lower, and it kind of just depends whatever quarterback you want because obviously we're going to do it, but there's a plethora on this draft. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but also you have to throw in at least how I see the beginning of all these drafts, no matter like and an NBA, NFL, there's a reason all these teams are at the bottom. That's a and fact. They could do whatever, like especially Washington. Like mm-hmm. I could see them go with the quarterback, kind of like what Arizona did last year, but I don't think it makes sense for them because of how. Um, if Tua wasn't hurt, I think it's a very different conversation. But since Tua's hurt, I don't think you waste that high of a pick on him. Not waste, but you don't take the risk at that that high. Of a no, I, I agree, and the other thing to think about it is that Cam Newton's available out there and Ron Rivera coming over there, so if they wanted to go in a different way at quarterback, they could very easily just take Chase Young and then go for Cam Newton. So I, I, I don't understand spending the draft capital at two on a quarterback if you're Washington. I think you make the pick. You can turn it into a pretty decent defense. I mean, they drafted Montez Sweat last year. Like They've got Landon Collins on it. It's not a bad defense, and now you add Chase Young to it. Washington could be building something, especially with a coach that I really respect in Rivera. At the at the helm there, they've got good running backs. They've got good wide receivers. I mean, they're yeah, like you said, good quarter, good coach that can turn that thing around. Yeah. So the draft really starts at three, in my mind here with the Detroit Lions. They can. It looks like they're going to go defense here. Well, they could trade down. This is probably the prime trade spot in the in the top five here. And you could see Miami trying to hop up. You could see the Chargers trying to hop up. There have been talks that Atlanta could try and push all the way up to try to get Okuda. I've always been on the Detroit will take Okuda train. Derek Brown out of Auburn has really started to gain some steam over the last couple days as a guy that, I mean, the the Lions were in the bottom, I believe, seven in rush defense uh, this past year. I still think they go with Okuda out of Ohio State at cornerback just because of how talented he is, how physical he is. And Matt Patricia, just like what Joe Judge is going to do in New York, just like Brian Flores is doing in Miami, just like Bill Belichick does in New England, it's a lot of man defense. And Okuda is the best man corner in the draft. He's got a potential to be a pro bowler. I think you go with Okuda. Yeah, I can say Okuda or Isaiah Simmons. I think that I feel like it's either going one of those two ways. Well, they're going defense, and I think it's got to be Okuda. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree, but I can also see... I think Detroit's going to trade out of this pick. I can absolutely see that. I think I think Miami or the Chargers are going to be really just on edge trying to get get Tua, or I guess Herbert now, which mm-hmm. we can talk about that later, but that's a little confusing. I'm a big Herbert guy. Okay. Senior Bowl MVP. Yeah. Yeah, but I can see, I can th- see Detroit trying to... Since they do need a lot, since they're a really bad team... Um, <laughs> That trade back and and just pick up a lot of picks to try to re, rebuild faster, even though they've been rebuilding for about forever. Um, and since they don't need a quarterback, and I think there's a couple teams in this draft that are really quarterback hungry, that really want to get to well. I think that the best thing that Detroit can do is trade back. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to find a partner that meets their price because yeah. they absolutely should trade back and try to get something, especially if you're moving to five or six with Miami or the Chargers really and, you're, not moving down that far. and you're not looking to take a quarterback anyway because they're going to stick with Stafford you can afford to drop down have quarterbacks be taken in front of you and then still be able to get your guy or have your pick of Isaiah Simmons Okuda or Brown there's so many good guys yeah mm-hmm. it's not like they're stuck with they need one they need one spot that they need to fill where it's like Okuda fills that or quarterback fills it and wherever they are if they're top 10 or top 15 they're going to find someone that's going to help that team immediately yeah I think so, too. So you want to move on to number four? Yeah. Number four, the pick I will be watching very, very closely tomorrow night. It has been heavily debated for months on what the Giants should do and what the Giants will do. Now, it's going to come to whatever happens tomorrow night, the Giants will fill 
a very pressing need at number four, whether it be defense or whether it be on the offensive line. For a very long time, I have thought that Isaiah Simmons is the guy. Um, the Giants have not had any talent at linebacker, basically going back to Antonio Pierce in the uh, in, in like 2008, 2007, around then, and have never really filled it. I mean, Chase Blackburn did a fine job in the second Super Bowl run, but linebacker has just been a black hole for this franchise for a long time, and Isaiah Simmons gives the chance to put some playmaking ability, can play a bunch of different positions, and just really put a shot in the arm into a defense that has been dreadful for years. With that said, I think Dave Gettleman goes offensive line. He loves his hog mollies, as he puts it. Um, I mean, just look at his last two picks. He's gone running back quarterback and Saquon and Daniel Jones. You got to protect your investments there. And because of that, I think they do go offensive line. Specifically, I think it's going to be Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. I think the fit is just kind of too perfect with the fact that Joe Judge was an assistant with Nick Saban. Uh, obviously, with the pre-draft workouts and meetings just not being the same with everything going on with the pandemic, he's been able to, I'm sure, get a load of information on Wills from Saban, been able to talk to him personally like that. And the fact that you can plug Wills in at right tackle day one, you've got him have the ability to shift him to left tackle too when Solder goes, I think that's where they end up going. And you know what? I will not be upset with that. I would love Isaiah Simmons to come in and help revolutionize this defense, but solidifying and protecting Jones and Barkley is a top priority as well. Yeah, I think same thing. I think they're going to. I feel like they're going offensive line. I think that my surprise pick is that they're going to go up and take Andrew Thomas. You think that Thomas from Georgia? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think though Wills is the better offensive lineman. I just kind of take a look at what. You know, got going into last year by taking Daniel Jones with that early pick. You know, it was his guy, and he went out there, and I mean, it paid off. I mean, I'll, I'll be the second one on this podcast to say it. Pat, you'll be the first one to say that it paid off. But I love I Daniel mean, Jones. Yeah, and that's and he's phenomenal, and he was his guy. And I could see, I just, I think that it's going one of those two ways. I think just what you said, it's going offensive line, it's going tackle, and what you said, it makes the most sense. Continue to build around that offense because what you said, that defense, one or two Super Bowls, which was kind of fine. You know, that defense was, you know, fine. Let's take a look at what Kansas City did this past year in the 2018, like, playoffs or 2018 season. They had that terrible offense, and or they had the terrible defense, pardon me, and their offense carried it. So that's, you know, defense win championships. But in this today's day and age, I mean, everything's geared, geared toward the offense. Yeah, I mean, the way the way you talk, talk through that with – Looking back and seeing their last two first-round draft picks, I think it makes the most sense to take a lineman. I personally couldn't tell you the difference between any of these linemen. A lot of people can't, though. The top four yeah. seem to, well, especially the top three, and then I think Mekhi Becton is a little bit down the down the totem pole just because he's so raw, but he's a freak athlete, so he could turn into to a superstar. But no, that's not that's totally fair. A lot of people can't really separate the tackles. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I think they'll go with one of the, with one of those tackles. Um, but, I mean, if I, I think they should go with Simmons at that linebacker position because, I don't know, like like Sherwood, you were saying that it, turn, it seems like we're in a day and age now where offense wins championships. I still think you need a really good defense, and I think that really starts from the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a chance to get a, a linebacker that's ranked as highly as Simmons is, I think you can't pass up on that. But, I mean... Both would be, both options would be really good. Though. And the thing would be, I would love if Isaiah Simmons gets added to the Giants tomorrow. You will get no complaints out of me if Simmons becomes a New York Giant, just because of how bad the defense has been the last couple years. That's been the problem with the Giants. It's been offensive line, and it's been a defense that can't stop anybody. So you add in a guy that can make plays, that can rush the passer, that can make interceptions, can play safety, can play slot corner like Simmons. It's actually unbelievable the amount of positions and the impact that he could make. You will get no gripe out of me if Dave Gettleman goes there and gets Simmons. But I just, the Gettleman vibe is very much that it's going to be a tackle and it's going to be a very large man coming in to try and protect Jones and Barkley. And also, too, to take a look at the last few drafts you guys have had, they've been exciting drafts with skill players. And sometimes, you know, you have to go for the, you know, I don't want to say the ugly pick, but not the pick that's going to go up there and that the fans can point to and be like, he scored a touchdown, he made a sack. And but that's, look at what Dallas did 
in the early yeah. 2010s, they went like, what is it, four straight years of drafting first-round offensive linemen, and they yeah. built around that incredible offensive line. So, I mean, sometimes it's like, I think what you said, this is where the draft begins, and I think these next three to four picks are, there's so many different hands that they can play, and it's going to be so fun to watch it unfold, also to with the opportunity of there being trades going in. Definitely, and the Giants will be trying to trade down from four, just like Detroit as well so there could definitely be some movement there um five and six we'll kind of group them together because they're both kind of in the same boat so miami up first uh, actually shocking that the dolphins got to the fifth pick because just remember how bad they were to start the season and through that first chunk of the season where everyone thought they were going to have the top pick and they ended up at five with the new york giants picking before them oh dear god um so it's become controversial over the past week or so um that about Tua not going to the Dolphins. And even today, there's a lot of hype that they could be going tackle at five. Now, I think it's all smokescreen. And I think Tua is going to be a Miami Dolphin. because, And I know it's impossible to throw out the injury concerns because he's had a bunch of them with the ankle. Tua is so talented as a quarterback prospect. I think that if there weren't these injury problems and Tua had stayed healthy all season, there would be a debate between Burrow and and Tagovailoa at the top of the draft. The injury obviously throws in with the hip, throws in a huge, huge wrench into all of this. But I think he's worth the risk. And I make that pick, I ride with it, and I think he's got the chance to turn into a stud of a quarterback. This is where... My, I'm not a huge Tua guy. I've been since I think even going back to last year. I haven't been a huge Tua guy because I think that if you take a look at it, his look at who his top three targets were. Oh yeah, he had the unbelievable he, receivers. You have more. You, he has incredible blue chips, and if you look at a lot of the plays, I really started to notice a half through last year is that he's an incredible quarterback. I'll give him that. He throws an incredible spiral. There's something about watching that spiral from a left-handed, watching the ball spin. The college football with the lines on it it's a lot of fun to watch he has a great ball he has great pocket awareness outside of when he got broke his hip against arkansas when he didn't feel the backside pressure but personally for me i feel like i don't think he's going to succeed in the nfl i think that he needs to go to a better team because if you look at it he had blue star offensive linemen he had blue star wide receivers to plug him into the miami dolphins or even the san diego chargers i don't think will help succeed will he will see success i think that he needs to go somewhere that has an incredible offensive line and has one i guess they do have Devontae parker miami but he needs those targets to be able to if you look at a lot of his throws where he didn't fit it in huge like in really small windows quite often a lot of the throws were you know someone's got the stack or he did kind of throw and help to lead them but i i just i'm not a huge two guy I've, I've, for the last year and a half, part of it might be because he plays on Bama. Part of it might be that bias, but I just, a certain national I, championship game. Yeah, I just that's my that's my take. Is I think that and what you said. I think that their smokescreen. I think Tua's going to Miami. I think what we talked about is they might even Miami might even move up to make sure. We get I think they could too. Yeah, I think that that's. I, I just I think he's going to go there, but I just then we talk about the injury concerns. Is I've talked about I talked about that in the first semester that it's just that scares me he broke broke his ankle first day of freshman year practice spring practice for his freshman year he had those couple ankle injuries everything so i mean he's pretty injury he's injury prone but he you can't doubt the talent though conrad yeah i mean i feel the same thing i don't know which situation whether miami or or the Chargers would be better for him i mean i'm leaning towards the Chargers would be better fit for him just because with uh, Tyrod Taylor, it's a more clear, um, you definitely sit behind it. I think the Chargers definitely should give Tyrod a year to kind of figure out what they have and everything coming out of their campus, that that's what they're going to do. Um, but I think one of them, if he slips outside of that like five, six range, I'd be shocked. Somebody's taking him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's also, it's tough, like how many left-handed quarterbacks have really succeeded in the NFL. That's like, true. What, Mike Vick? Was Jamarcus Russell left-handed? He was right-handed. I think he was right-handed. Right. Yeah, I don't know why I got uh, Matt Leinhardt. Lefty didn't do much. Yeah. Like, you really just don't get much because it's also just for the wide receivers, like, it's probably more overblown, but 
practicing every day getting it from a, a left-handed quarterback or your entire life getting it from right-handed, the way it spins just it is different. Um, but I think he'll have flashes. I, I think it might be so much the RG3 situation where he's going to have a good year, but then something's going to happen. Um, just because that hip. Like, it's a serious it injury. Happen, like, I believe that was the same thing that ended Bo Jackson's career. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, obviously the surgeries and everything are better now and rehab so much better. But it's still, and like ACLs used to be the same way. But it's still not something you'd want to draft a guy this high and put this much stock into. Mm-hmm. Especially without being able to do physicals on him. And the only tape you see is that he's in like an arena league, like <laughs> stadium or something, and then gets a re- then gets like a warrant out for him. Like there's some decision-making things that that brings up that's a little concerning. And the fact that he always is with his family, like big family guy, like it's a little concerning that you have to be around your family 24-7 like that and haven't really been away. Like they, Alabama brought his family with him, recruited mm-hmm. his brother. Like, he also scored a 13 on the Wonderlick, which those the lowest yeah. out of the quarterbacks. I was gonna say well, that was allegedly. I heard that might have been fake news. And he took that was his score the first time. He took it the second time, and I think he got a 19. Yeah, so I mean, not much better. It's still really bad. Like Bro's getting 34. So I think he got a 34. Herbert's also 30s. I think. I think it was low 30s or high 20s for Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. So that's concerning for me, but I just I don't see him falling outside of those picks. Bro like, was one 34. Yeah. Sorry. Burrow was 34, Jake Fromm 35, Justin Love 27, Tua was 13. I like Fromm a lot, but we can, we can, we'll discuss that probably in the, yes. in the recap. Um, yeah. yeah, so six as well, as I said, kind of looping the Chargers in it the same way. I, I really think they go quarterback here, and I think it will be Herbert. Um, Herbert, I actually like Herbert a lot, and I think he's got some potential, especially with the mobility and the size to go with it. I think it would be a nice fit for him to stay out on the West Coast, too. He's an Oregon kid that went end up going to Oregon. Especially given some time to develop with Tyrod there at quarterback, I think the Chargers actually have a decent you know, talent pool around him. I think uh, Anthony Lynn is a really solid head coach out there. It's a good situation to go into. As you talk about with Tua, which one's better for him? I think the Chargers are in a really solid spot. And it makes sense for them to go with quarterback here, especially have a little bit of time to develop, and I think Herbert can turn into something for them. Yeah, I'm a huge Justin Herbert guy. Justin Herbert's my quarterback in this draft, and I think that part of it might be because he reminds me of Josh Allen. You know, kind of similar builds, uh, has that mobility. I think that obviously what you said is if you can give Justin Herbert a year with Tyrod, who's, you know, a good quarterback. I mean, he was very good with the Bills. He's a good, um, you know, he's made a great career. Think about, you know, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland now with the Chargers, and especially if he can sit behind for about a year and kind of help with that decision make decision making process, because he was in college, was a one read, I'm going to take off and run. Mm-hmm. Last year, he could have gone out and been a first-round pick. Now he would have the Giants year. loved him last year. Yeah. There were reports that he would have been the guy last year if he had come out for the for the Giants at six. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy that he, you know, kind of ended up, because a lot of people end up doing that, end up getting injured, or they want to go back for an extra championship, and unfortunately something happens, but, you know, he... Or, you know, they end up shooting their stock. Like, same thing with Will Greer. Remember, Will Greer was a mm-hmm. huge guy out of his sophomore junior year. And it was a first-round pick, like, mid-teens. And then he came back and was, what, a fourth-round pick with the Panthers. So, I think that I'm a big Herbert guy. I think he throws a great ball. I think just what I said is decision-making doesn't throw many – doesn't make completely poor decision-making, but needs to – in the NFL, especially it's a quicker game to read one's not here, read two, read three, let me find it. Instead of read one's – first read's not there – let me talk it down. Yeah, no. The I, only thing that I found that was concerning with him, I heard this that that I think like twenty five percent of his passes were screen passes. That um, is concerning. So that's a little concerning, but I mean, besides that, everything I've heard is, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think he fits the prototype more than than Tua does, um, and yeah, I I I wouldn't be. Whichever one doesn't get picked by Miami, I think uh, the Chargers will take. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw, too, that Patriots were kicking the tires on Herbert as well. Is that a smokescreen? Remember, two years ago, they had that smokescreen with, I forgot who, was it Sam Darnold or is Josh Rosen two years ago? I remember yeah. a couple years ago, they had a big smokescreen and then ended up just staying back and drafting Isaiah Wynn and Sonny Michelle, but... You know, you don't know, especially two because they do need someone in that quarterback room. Yeah, that, well, I mean, the Giants did the same thing when it came out yesterday or two days ago that they had extensive meetings with, with Herbert. 
but yeah. I can tell you right now that there's a 0% chance that Justin Herbert's a New York Giant. That is all about trying to get teams to trade up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as apparently Belichick does this with a lot of the rookie quarterbacks where he gets a scouting report on them So by being able to meet with them so in-depth and use it down the road. Obviously, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick, Disciple, possibly yeah. doing that as well. But yeah, so you definitely see that with the smoke screens. Um, any other ones that we want to kind of look at towards the top end of the draft? I mean, Carolina's kind of a real wild card with Matt Rule there. We kind of have yeah. no track record of where they're going to go. Arizona is going to be something for Kyler, whether that be tackle or wide receiver. I think that's what you're going to end up seeing. Jacksonville, again, wild card. Very easily could trade out of that pick and see if they could accumulate some picks. I think the Browns is really uh, a fun place to look. They have to go tackle, right, after the disaster that happened this year with Mayfield in that offense. Again, could also be an attractive place for a trade for a wide receiver. And then it gets to 11 with the Jets, which I think is actually a really intriguing pick because, I mean, they're again, just like the Giants, two, two glaring holes, offensive line, and this time wide receiver. Sam Darnold does not have many weapons. Where do you think the Jets go? Yes, of course, it'll be interesting who's even available at this point of that wide receiver class. I mean, there will be a couple of them because there are so many of them. I think we're seeing a wide receiver taken there. I think it's either Jerry Judy or CD Lamb. I think it's either or. I think it's at that point. I think probably GD one, then CD two. But I think that just whenever you get there, you need someone. Sam Donald's your guy. I mean, he went up, he drafted in what was it, the third, fourth pick, third, third. Pick? yeah, third pick. He hasn't done much. You haven't given him much talent outside of Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is now gone with mm-hmm. the Panthers. So they, you got to give him something because pretty soon he's going to end up going free agency somewhere and end up succeeding somewhere because he is a good talent. I Yeah, I think you go with, with a wide receiver. Well, yeah, there's a lot of talk of teams teams waiting on taking a wide receiver because there are so many. And, like, the top, like, four or five are all grouped in kind of the same same kind of class. And even though that second tier is really good, so you could wait till the second round and somebody's going to be there for you. Um, when you struggle as much as... Um, the Jets have with not really having too much offensive um, talent. Um, I think you got to put. I think you got to got to get one. Whatever the top wide receivers left, um, whether it's uh, Judy or Lamb, I think you got to go with one of those and then make that offense, at least at the skill positions, a lot better with having um, potentially one of those guys and, and then Bell in the backfield. Um, I think you got you got to go with that. I think it'll be tough for Joe Douglas to pass on Jerry Judy if Judy's sitting there at 11. I do lean that they're going to go tackle because I feel like Douglas thinks that they can piece something together. They brought in Brashad Perriman. They've got Chris Herndon coming back now for a full season. But, man, it's I because you want to give Darnold that weapon and that true number one receiver. I just, for some reason, I really think that Mekhi Becton or Andrew Thomas is sitting here and ends up going going to New York with the Jets. That that's where I lean. Also through this wide receiver draft class is not only top heavy but it's deep. It's it, so incredibly deep, which is why I think they go tackle. And that's right, second or third round a few people are gonna be there. Yep. Chase Claypool's gonna be their third round that mocks have him going to Bills in the third round when he was I'd be shocked if Claypool's in the third. I think he's going to be yeah, a second. I think but. he's second, but he was someone that was like DK Metcalf that was talked about going in first round. So, like, there's so many. And there's a guy from Liberty. There's a couple guys from Colorado. It's definitely. Look at Jesus. USC, Michael Pittman. There's a bunch yeah. of them out there. Especially the guys over the last couple of years that have succeeded and wide receivers of rookie wide receivers or later on have been second, third, and fourth round picks. Is the first round picks haven't panned out that well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we are going to take a quick break here and then be right back to finish it up. All right, back here after a quick uh, Zoom restart because that's where we are at this point. (laughs) Got to love 40-minute Zoom meetings. Um, But so we are going to then kind of skip ahead a little bit. Obviously, this whole draft is going to be really intriguing. But a spot that's very, very intriguing to look at is number 23. New England Patriots will be making that pick, their first pick in the post-Tom Brady era. Do they go quarterback here? And specifically, do they go Jordan Love here? I'm very anti-Jordan Love as well. Me too. I think that, obviously, his stat show he threw, I don't have a, I, 17 interceptions this year, correct? I, I, believe, I, believe you, I believe it was 20 and 17. Okay, 20 and 17. 
Um, I know a decent amount about him because week one they actually played Utah State, played at Lake Forest, so I got to watch him, you know, kind of watch the pregame stuff and watch him play. Third quarterback, he, you know, obviously people are saying always oh, like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he kind of is like that. But Utah State ran the second quickest offense in the NCAA. And you, you've seen that that does not transfer over into the NFL, especially too with that decision making of 17 interceptions. That's why we didn't see Jameis go to New England. It's, Jameis put up 30 for 30. 30 touchdowns, very, very good, but it's the decision-making of the 30 interceptions, especially to Utah State's, are they in the WAC, or the Mac, or the Mountain West Conference? I believe Mountain West. Mountain West. That's not like you're throwing 17 interceptions in the ACC, where you talked about Isaiah Simmons, or the or Big Ten, where they've got um, the, I'm blanking on his name, um, the quarterback, or the cornerback that's going to go three. It's, Akuda. Akuda, thank you. But you're playing in the Mountain West Conference, and I just think that he's... He had he had trouble with his team. He didn't play in the bowl game or first half of the bowl game. Disciplinary reasons. I just I'm very far against him. I don't think he's going to succeed. I think that he's just his decision making and just to be able to transform over from NCAA to where it's shotgun calling the play. We're going to look over. Okay, let's go. They ran. I think it was 87 plays per game in the 2018 season. So two college football seasons ago. So they're 85 or 87 plays per game, and that's not gonna cut it or you know that quick offensive pace doesn't work in the nfl i yeah i i go along the same lines that i think people are just falling in love with love because they need a another quarterback that they look that they're they want to go up there and yeah he's got some physical tools he's got a huge arm but like you said 17 interceptions in a in a conference like that he had five games where he had multiple interceptions three where he had three or more interceptions um, I mean, yes, the, the previous season he was fantastic, 38 touchdowns, or excuse me, 32 touchdowns and six interceptions, so obviously a huge change, but you'd expect players to progress through the their years in school, not regress and not regress to a way that you throw almost three times the amount of interceptions in a season. That's just poor decision-making. So I don't think New England goes quarterback here at 23. I feel like Belichick really values so many other positions more than that as we saw with them just letting Brady leave with no real alternative unless you want to consider Jarrett Stidham that but I don't really um so I think that New England here is either going to try and go offensive playmaker how interesting would that be if say Justin Jefferson is still on the clock or still on the board here or they're going to go on defense and just go with someone in the trenches or a linebacker. Patrick Queen, I know, has been mentioned from LSU as someone that could could work there. I, I don't think they go quarterback here. I think quarterback is going to be more of a second, third round for New England. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think they're going to go either. With, it looks like there's a lot of defensive playmakers, which that defense, while it was really good last year, I think they lost. they lost a lot of guys on defense. They definitely lost. I mean, they lost uh, one to Miami, one to Detroit. Off the top of my head, Van Noy left to Miami. Yeah, so I think if there's one of those linebackers available, I think they'll go with one of those. Or their wide receiver, their number one guy last year was Edelman, going in and out of the hole, Antonio Brown, and everything else that didn't work. Josh Gordon. None of that worked. Edelman was the number one guy. Edelman's not a number one guy. He's never going to be. Um, and he's not leaving, apparently, so he's going to be there. But you got you got to make that better because no matter what quarterback at this point, it's not going to be a great quarterback you're going with. But you need to at least give this guy a fighting chance, whoever you bring in to, to start next year. And right now their offense just doesn't. It could be it could be Tom Brady. It could be Peyton Manning when he was good. It could be, it could be Patrick Mahomes in this that offense is still going to suck because they don't have any playmakers. So I think they got to go with that. I do think they're one of the more intriguing picks in the entire draft to see where. And the, the other thing to look at, too, is, is Belichick just going to trade down, as he always does, and, and just stockpile picks because you can absolutely yeah. see that as well. Um, but I, I really think they're one of the more. I know it's 23, and we think that a little bit of the allure kind of rubs off there at 23, but it is going to be so intriguing what they decide to do here because this really is a, a new era for them starting up. They lost a couple of key guys. They lost the guy for them, but they've still got uh, Ernie Adams and Bill Belichick running the show. So be very – sorry? No, go for it. I want to say there's so many good quarterbacks later on in the draft. Ethan from Jalen Hurts. 
Don't even, we could talk, we could we could do a full another podcast. We on could that. on on them. I, I'll I'll say right now. I I would take a chance on Jake Fromm. He yeah, I really I, I believe in Fromm. Ina Conrad does not. No, I'm fine for another reason because let's just say there's a team that might be looking for a guy later on. Oh, uh, what team would that be? Might be the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if the Bears roll into training camp with a three quarterback competition? Yeah. With a guy that they picked number two just a couple years ago. And a guy they're picking fifty plus, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But we get into that now. I, I would say that, that it is a smooth good. transition. So we are going to then talk about our team's draft for j- just very quickly because we do want to wrap up soon. But so the Bears and the Bills both do not have first round, do not have first round selections due to trades. Where we'll start with the Bears then. Where do you see them really targeting? So at, I believe they have the forty second and the fiftieth overall two second round picks. Um, with I've heard rumors of they're going to go with um, for the like 13th tight end on the team they're going to go with the guy out of Notre Dame because they just oh he's released. very talented commit yeah yeah because they just released uh, Burton and um, surprisingly yeah so they're, they're kind of clearing ways there but they also do have like 10 guys on the roster so I don't know if they necessarily go that route um, I've also heard rumors of they're going to go wide receiver. Um, the thing that interests me the most is I've heard rumors of um, Jalen Hurts. Um, either trading back somehow, wherever, with one of those picks getting Jalen Hurts. Um, because if you think about that quarterback room, Mitch Trubisky, obviously I don't think is the answer. A lot of people don't think is the answer. Um, we'll see how the competition with Foles brings out the best of them. But if it hasn't brought up the best of them, you know, being on a winning team and the defense being elite and the offense sucking, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I still have hope. But and Nick Foles isn't the solution. No, um, Nick he's Foles not. Is a, is a stopgap. Um, he's a better Mike Lennon. Um, that's actually a perfect analogy. Slightly, he's going to be there for maybe. He's there for I believe it's two years on the contract where it doesn't it would hurt them if they released him, but. He's not the long-term solution. They need to find a long-term guy. They do start getting picks in the next couple of years, but the the leave it, Conrad. You want me to send this to you? For, for for those of you that are are listening to the show, Sherwood just went and got "Believe It," the book by Nick Foles after he was the Super Bowl MVP for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but if you look at his stats, we talked about this last time we were on, right when this trade yeah. happened. It was the one good year. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. one good year, and he, he, he got hot for half a season. Um, and that's really all he is. That's all he's going to be. He got, like I said, he got beaten out by Gardner Minshew. Like, how the hell does that happen? Um, <laughs> so you want them to target more weapons for offense than possibly a guy that can compete for a quarterback in training camp? Uh, yeah, if, if one of the later picks, if they could go get a quarterback, I wouldn't be against that. Um, and also in the not not as sexy of a pick, they need offensive linemen help. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of tackles in this draft. Their their solution right now, from what it sounds like, is oh everybody just played really poorly last year, and we got a new O line coach. That's gonna fix it. Yeah, I like that. Kyle Long, who retired this year, came out and said they just need better players. Like it, that's it, the solution's not in the room. I would listen to Kyle Long, who is one heck of a uh, offensive a guard. Guy, he's not, he's not a guy that's gonna bash his his teammates he's a very good teammate and wouldn't do that unless he truly meant that they just need better guys out there yeah Um, so i I hope that's where they go it's not as sexy but also when you're not drafted to the second round and you have like five picks in the four or five picks the entire draft you just gotta do what your team needs and that's yeah you just gotta maximize needs at that point it's tough to take a risk when you have that few draft picks but you just got to target the needs, and I think just watching the Bears, it, offense is definitely where you want to target, whether that be playmakers as well as guys in the trenches. Um, I could be smart too to trade back for Jalen Hurts. Is look at what Russell Wilson did when he was drafted. Yeah, he was like what he was the favorite. He was a third round pick, correct? And they just signed Matt Flynn. They had someone else on yeah. that roster, and he beat everyone out. I think that Hurts Hurts is a winner too. Look at what he did at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Look at what he you know for three years, two years, three years, and look what he did at Oklahoma. Yeah, and if you take it, if you look forward into, because I believe the Bears have a first round pick unless they, you know, do something ridiculous, which you never rule out. They could, but if you look at the top two guys for next year, which I believe are, um, 
I'm blanking on everybody. Trevor Lawrence? Are you talking, like, quarterbacks? Yeah. Uh, Lawrence and Justin Fields. And yeah. Justin Fields. And besides him, Jalen Hurts would be would be the number three guy, probably in that draft as of right now. Like, who knows what's going to happen next year. Yeah. But he'd be a competitive guy. And it's just this year, it's, it's pretty deep at quarterback mm-hmm. um, compared to next year where you kind of, you take that you take that guy this year with a later pick and see what happens. Then wait till next year where you're not going to have a top five pick. You're not going to get Fields or um, yeah, uh, Lawrence. Or Lawrence, yeah. Um, you're going to get one of those lesser guys. So why not take a lesser guy that's actually better with a lesser pick this year? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Sherwood, where do you want the Bills to go? Uh, well, they obviously don't want the first round pick as well because of stuff on Diggs, which completely fine with mm-hmm. talk, talked about. Um, at fifty four, I'd love to see them take a running back either J.K. Dobbins or A.J. Dillon. My dad has planned to see in my head just by saying at one time that A.J. Dillon could be like um, Derrick Henry. He said that one time. He literally brought it up like three weeks ago, and I just haven't gotten that thought out of my head. But um, honestly, I'm fine wherever they go. I've Brandon Bean, um, who's on PMT last week, had a very good interview. If you guys haven't listened to it or any listeners haven't, but I fully trust him. Is he's gotten a lot of great draft picks over you know in the mid rounds. Is our starting running backs, third rounders, starting linebackers was first and third rounders. Trey White, he traded he the story about the Bills in the 2017 draft was if the 10th pick flocked with Kansas City, Kansas City draft Mahomes would be like, well, shoot, you know, that you Bills could have had Mahomes, but they ended up getting Trey White, who's a top two cornerback. So I completely trust wherever Brandon Bean goes. I think obviously they do need running back, they literally, I think, only have three on the roster. It's TJ Yeldon, um, TJ Yeldon, Devin Singletary, and um, Taiwan Jones, who's a special teamer, and TJ Yeldon's a third down back, so you're not going to roll with those two. So I definitely hope can see them taking a running back. I hope they get one of those two guys, which I can see them doing it. And then in the later rounds, um, the Liberty wide receiver, uh, uh, Gandy Golden. That's uh, it. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. I've seen uh, him mock to the Giants as well. Yeah, I'd like to see. He's big wide receiver i think that the bills haven't had a big wide receiver in years also too with claypool they've talked about him you know i've seen some drafts which might be just homer dress with the bills him dropping all the way to the third round probably won't happen but again just i think that they're for one of the first times in my lifetime they don't have any really glaring holes they was the wide receiver they kind of they kind of like filled that up they kind of like obviously they can do better in other positions defensive end offensive line running back but I think that they have lucked out where at the 22nd pick that they originally had was kind of right at tweener pick where all the wide receivers were gone. It was a stretch to take a running back. It was a stretch to take defensive end and offensive linemen. So they kind of really worked out well with the Stefan Diggs pick and just whoever they end up picking second, third, fourth, fifth rounders. I mean, obviously I'll be keeping tabs on them, but you know, everyone keep tabs on them because they'll probably end up being starters for the bills in like two years and either this year or next year. Yeah, that, that's fair. And then I'll go very quickly on the giants as they talked about Isaiah Simmons there. The, the dream scenario for the giants though, is to be able to go tackle like wills at, at four and then Cesar Ruiz, the Michigan center. If he's there at 36 with the fourth pick in the second round, that would be the absolute dream scenario for the giants because you get two starters on your offensive line where um, the giants don't really have a starting right tackle or center on their roster right now. Uh, as John uh, Halapio tore his Achilles in the, I believe it was the last game of the season at center for the giants. And he was a okay center as is and then there just isn't a right tackle on the roster really i mean they signed cam fleming to a very cheap deal in free agency but mike remmers did leave so you fill those two i think that's perfect obviously for the giants you also want to look at free safety because again there isn't really too many guys there jabril peppers does an awesome job at the other safety position but don't have someone there and then of course as i continue to go through the giants needs here because they have a lot of needs um i do believe they're in the right direction right now but they definitely have some places they need to go of course edge rusher is something that you'd love to see them pick up because they just don't have any um lorenzo carter out of georgia still hasn't developed it's only year three for him i still have high hopes for carter i'm hoping he can turn into a pass rusher they, pit, they picked O'Shane Zimenez in the third round last year out of Old Dominion, and he started to get some rotation towards the end of the season. So you hope that they can really develop some guys. But I think offensive line, some edge rush, and safety are kind of the, the key components for the Giants that I'd like to see them target. But overall, it should be really interesting. Um, and tomorrow night should be a lot of fun because we have something to look forward to that is live. <laughs> I think it'll be one of the most fun drafts in 
2018 draft was a lot of fun with all those quarterbacks, and I think this is going to be just as fun. A ton of talent, a ton of big names, and a ton of uncertainty with many teams and with possible trades. Yeah. And I can't wait till somebody messes up. Yeah. Somebody the technology messes. aspect of it is going to be real interesting. Like, mm-hmm. if you think of, like, the worst group of humans that are meant to deal with this quarantine, it's NFL head coaches, NFL, yeah. anything. Yeah. Tomorrow night is going to be real interesting. I do love that Goodell played into it and did the boo the commissioner um, promo through Bud Light. I think that's fantastic that they're have recording people boo to be able to play on the draft broadcast. And with that, Bud Light will donate money um, to coronavirus relief. I think that's fantastic and a really fun idea. Um, but Man, it feels like something's going to go wrong tomorrow night, right? <laughs> who was the GM that during the um, mock draft said his band wasn't enough because his kids were on Disney Plus or something? Yes, they didn't release. who. There were a couple, so the mock draft was on Monday. Um, they said the first problem was that GMs couldn't figure out how to mute their mic, which is not a great start. Um, there were, I believe one general manager, it might've been even John Lynch, just in an interview said that his wife was vacuuming and unplugged his computer. (laughs) And then there was another one, as Conrad was saying that his internet was failing because his kids were streaming on their iPads. So (laughs) things could be fun tomorrow night. God knows what's going to happen, but it's so, as I said, it's something to look forward to. It's a monumental night as for the NFL as is. I think it's a really exciting draft class. There's a lot of really talented guys that are coming to the league and should be some fun storylines to watch. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so any final thoughts from you guys? Did you guys do that story about San Francisco not winning the Super Bowl, how that could have caused, like, yeah. not having the parade? Yeah, that was, that's a, someone, I think it was Big Cat, was like, what, like, what an ultimate spin zone from, from losing the Super Bowl. Ultimate spin zone. Um, the, yeah. uh, the Niners also came out and said they're very willing to trade back or, or something. And immediately went to the Bears and everybody making fun of, oh, they're just trying to trap the Bears and they're trading up for God knows what. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not good, Connor. Trade up for Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys and watch then, the, then, yeah, uh, later. the 2017 draft? It was, yeah, yeah it was yesterday. Yeah, I was watching that yesterday. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't watch. There was a lot of. Why? What happened in the there. 2017 draft? We'll have to go there. Oh, okay. That's where Mitchell Trubisky was picked second and a certain quarterback named Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were were on the board. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, Trubisky wasn't really tweeting much. (laughs) No, no way. Mahomes was tweeting quite a bit. He was. Well, he's tweeted a lot during quarantine, period. Uh, (laughs) Mahomes is bored out of his mind. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so like I said, that was a a preview show for us. Just wanted to hit some some key things and honestly just get back on the air because it's been three weeks. It's it's really hard not being able to do shows without news. Um, But so hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. We'll push out a draft review at some point early next week whenever we can get our schedules to align, and that should be really fun as well. But thank you so much for listening. This is Round Tripper on 89.1. For Jack Sherwood and Conrad Bear, I'm Pat Zang. Go Cats.